Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son Juicy, or in this episode, Juice Son Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts go on holiday, not us, because we believe in hard work. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon, and welcome to our hardworking holiday special. Hello, this is Nonsensored, the best bits from this week of my consistently popular radio show. I'm joined once again by producer Martin. Happy holidays, Martin. Oh, yes, happy holidays. That's usually something I only get to say at Christmas, so it's quite nice since it's sunny out. Yes, it is sunny, so you, you, you can have an hour out at lunch in the park, can't you? I, I can. I can, yes. I can eat my lunch outside today. Yes, it's a holiday. <sighs> this, this is the best day ever. Now, I do want to uh, remind our listeners that we have a live show coming up on the 19th of August in Edinburgh Festival at the Roundabout. So, uh, Martin, you might want to sort of tweet about that quite a lot so people are aware. Absolutely. The Payne's Plough Roundabout at Summer Hall. It's going to be a good one. (laughs) I'm going to be working my socks off. Certainly no holidays there. No, no, not allowed. Also, if you're not in Edinburgh, because not everyone is, you can come to our live show in London on September the 10th. Get your tickets at kingsplace.co.uk. So we had our diversity hire Ishan Akbar in the studio and we asked our holidays woke. And um, I don't know, he was a, he was a bit, bit difficult. Yes, uh, well, he, yes, he sort of has been ever since he saw a photo of my wife. I, I, I don't know what to do about that really, but um, uh, he certainly has some opinions on, on holidaying. Yeah. And I don't understand it because your wife... Okay, my sister isn't even pretty. Well, that's not. I mean, that's that's not true or fair. But 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 I mean, the the, the point is that he has some opinions on holidays. Holidays are they woke? Of course they're woke because so much of wokeism is just taking a break from reality, isn't it? Just, yes, and, very and true. Very true. A holiday is you trying to force a reality upon yourself over two weeks that you can actually afford to live in Antigua. And all you can do is just stay there for a week or two and enjoy some rum punch and take a quote unquote break from your mental health. I don't know about you, Harriet, but my father never took a break from mental health and it never affected me. It was just the odd clip around the ear. And look at me now. Here I am on your radio show. I haven't taken a holiday in 15 years. That's a long time of no holidays. None. I've just been in the UK. I think holidays are a bit woke. I I take holidays, but I they're less holidays and more just time to they they help my work. 
I, I, you know, I go, I rejuvenate, I get a tan, I drink some martinis by the swimming pool. That to me, it's part of my work. It's part of my work. And I can do that. What I have a problem with is sometimes you get people who run the local shop and then suddenly they close up to go on holiday. Now oh, that, God. that affects other people. You will people. never, ever see an immigrant-run shop closed. Never. Christmas Day, open. Sunday, open. Two in the morning, kebab what shop, always open. when they need to sleep? They must close sometimes. No, they... never. Never, ever. They're, they're open 24 hours a day, seven to eight days a week. But Martin, you wouldn't know because you don't venture out beyond what? nine p.m. I, 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 no, I, because I'm, I, I, you know, I have, I have a business and also a quite an early bedtime because I, I need my hours. Yeah. You... Um, but but I, I, I have to say, I have to say, I'm afraid. Um, I, I disagree. I don't think that holidays are woke. I think they're a very important, integral part of of being alive. You know, we spend what eight hours uh, uh, every evening sleeping and then another eight to 12 or sometimes 14 well, to 16 lucky, hours I working. Mean, some of us uh, margaret thatcher only did four hours martin yes she only what did, it did to her what do you mean what it did to her she was the the greatest prime minister after winston churchill she, after boris johnson that was, we've ever seen but i mean it's not about thatcher it's that's not what i'm right. talking about i just wanted to talk about the fact that hard-working decent honest people and people of every walk of life deserve a little holiday from time to but time. You, you, time you, to go away holiday and read every a book. night. You're asleep for eight hours. It's a holiday every single well, night. I mean, I do sometimes consider that my holiday. I also haven't does had your, a holiday. You know when you get home from work years, and you take this break for eight hours, does your beautiful yes. tanned wife enjoy? Please, I mean, she is beautiful and tanned. Well, She's not I mean, she is beautiful. beautiful. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, she is, but I can say it. I don't think you should say it, Sean. That's. I'm just. That's, would you rather I called her? My kind, would you rather I called her? No, but that's. I would rather you didn't call her. I mean, just but in if general. If she answers my calls, what? I don't know what you want me to do. That's no, because she has to pick up because we have a landline and we don't know who's calling, and then it's you. And I'm aware that it's happening, no, but, you, but I'm well, not you don't pick okay up because with you're it. asleep. Well, no, I. But I'm. A, I'm not sleeping so well recently, actually. No. Uh, listen, just to bring it back to the point, I think that holidays are an important part of who we are, and also you'll like this, uh, an important part of what makes us British. What about the British Bank Holiday, a classic tradition? Uh, I do know? agree that when it comes to the Queen, there should be holidays. But shops are still open. Well, yes, they other. They've yeah, got absolutely. to stay. I'll give you that. Been. It's it's a good day for business. And so have the waiters, and so have the people who deliver my caviar. Because I have a little. There's the, you, the, you can get a little app now where you can get caviar delivered straight to oh, your yeah. house. And I have that on days for the Queen. When the Queen, oh, I I don't want to say it. But when the Queen goes, oh, if, if I'm going goes, to need a lot of caviar. If if she if she goes, yes, you, you're well, Martin. You you're right. She could. She could stay on forever. You just don't know. Just I mean, she know. is. There is something quite superhuman about but, her. But as there? long as she's around, there will be bank holidays, and uh, and 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 I think I'm all for it. Even if we're only getting a handful a year, that's time to spend with your family, to spend with your loved ones. Do people really want to spend time with their families? 
if we're honest about this, does anyone actually like their children? I've no doubt you love them. Of course, you're 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 yeah. you're forced to love your children because they're your children. But no one likes them. They're boring. They're irritating. You don't want to spend time with them. Martin, your children are quite boring and irritating. It has to they, be said. I will happily concede because of the debates you guys have put forward. I would happily actually consider a holiday as long as you can spend time with other people's families. So I would quite like to spend my holiday with Martin's wife. Well, and that's if we can go very, on holiday. Oh. Why? I don't know if that's, I, I'm not. I mean, she does like holidays, but that's not the I could take her on a nice here. holiday somewhere. That would be nice, I think. No, I think you're... Well, I think you're very... I haven't had a holiday for 15 perhaps years, holidays, Martin. Well, holidays are very woke, actually, now I think of it. They're, they're probably not for you. I don't know. I, I don't know, you know if they are anymore, to be honest. No, you, it's an entryway drug, isn't it? It'll, first you go on a holiday, next thing you know, you're bloody voting socialist. The more I think about it, as I'm hearing both of you speak, Fifteen years is a long time not to, not to feel the touch of another person away in a hot climate, with a lovely. That is punch. not always guaranteed on a holiday for stars. Maybe not for you, Martin, because I mean, you're asleep eight hours every bloody night, aren't you? What well, that is a normal amount of That's time to sleep. I don't like the way this conversation's going. Neither I'm do I. I don't it's, like um, what's happening. Stop um, talking about my stupid sister. Let's let's wrap this up. Martin, yes. Holidays are they woke? They, 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 they are not. And 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 unless uh, it means that Ishan's going to try and interfere with my family, in which case they no, are no, not. Interfere. You won't want to interfere with your family. Your family are very boring, including my sister. Ishan, holidays well, are look, they Harry, woke? It's to your credit that I started this conversation by saying they are woke, but I now come to realise <sighs> they're not. They're not woke, and I, I could actually benefit with a holiday by going on holiday with okay enough no i don't want to hear it okay all right that's it that's it for this week thank you bye looking ahead for the summer of politics many politicians will have left westminster for the summer so we thought we'd look a little further ahead with the help of the Telegraph's Redwall correspondent, Siobhan Connery. So, Siobhan, what do you see happening from now? Um, I think it's going to be a clear Liz Truss win. Uh, and I suspect that we will, within the next three to six months, either have a general election or another leadership election. Oh, really? Yes. When that happens, do you think that Boris Johnson might return? I think... Or will there be a new success? I think, honestly, that he will be ma- managing to stage his return by the time of the conference. Uh, the Bring Back Boris, the Boris Back Better campaign might well yes. come into effect at that point. I think also, possibly, uh, well, we, what we will see at that point is Jacob Rees-Mogg running for it. And of course, as, oh, as has been historic with Conservative Party leaderships, we always get the choice between the two best candidates that they manage to that they manage to go and bring to the table. So I believe that those two will probably be then in, into the final two. I think Kemi Badenosch will come back, but will again get knocked out in an earlier round and have to forestall her leadership ambitions for another six months. So we, we could be looking at Prime Minister Rees Mogg, you reckon? In the medium term, I think uh, what we're looking at right now is it's a very tricky transitional period for the Conservative Party. In order to ma- remain relevant, we are going to need, at least in the short term, maybe five or six prime ministers in order to get us through to the next general election. And beyond that, 
Who knows? Maybe even more. So do you think it's a bit like sort of Game of Thrones where they get to sit on the throne for a bit and then someone beheads them and then someone else sits on the throne and they all get a, they all get a turn, um, often with quite bloody consequences? Yes, I think that's, I think that's the way. I, one of the things I think that uh, the Labour Party don't realise that the Conservatives always manage to... The, the thing that the electorate and especially the left-wing electorate don't seem to realise is that whilst they may go on about working collectively whilst uh, all wanting to be individuals. The Conservatives are all individuals who can work collectively towards their goal. And so as a result of that, yes, the second that anyone shows any weakness, it is a perfect system because the second anyone shows any weakness, we get rid of them and we start them up again. So, sort of like um, uh, a king rat, if you, you know, when lots of different rats get tied together because of their matted hair, and then they, you know, they can battle off any smaller uh, single rat, I suppose. It's... Personally, I think that's the perfect analogy for the modern Conservative Party, yes. Siobhan, is this, is this healthy, though, that, 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 that they keep changing leaders so much? I mean, surely we want one sort of consistent leader. I, honestly, I think know? it is. Uh, because, of course, it's very Darwinist. And it's only through going through these stages of regeneration and, uh, and, and evolution that we will eventually get to the ultimate prime conservative, which is the prime minister. That is what we are looking for in this. And you can only get through that right. by going and cutting right. away the deadwood and working towards an end goal. And I think this is where we differ from Labour, isn't it? Because Labour, of course, they got it wrong with um, that, you know, the Marxist oh, uh, yes. garden man. And that meant that they should never be allowed uh, getting near power again. But with I think with Conservatives, it's different, isn't it? Because if we don't get it right, we are evolving. We're, we're not, you know, we're not a, a threat to national yes, security. Yes, there's a reason we are the natural party of government. Um, Siobhan, Siobhan yes. we have a, a question from our listeners. Um, if you were to design the perfect prime minister, uh, what uh, what would they have from each of the uh, the top candidates? Uh, are we talking about uh, Rhys Mogg's legs, uh, the, the 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 gall of Boris Johnson, um, um, maybe maybe. Rishi's bank balance, something like that. Yeah, Rishi's bank balance, definitely. Um, Sajid Javid's lovely shiny head, if I may say so. Oh, it's I, so nice. It is uh, combined with Pretty Patel's smile. I think is is key. Oh, Michael yes. Gove's nous and tenacity. I think that is the thing that we're really, really looking for. I think that's possibly the most important thing. And his um, his ability oh, to yes. party. Oh God, yeah. He, of course, and the fun, fun voices as well. Yeah. Now there is somebody you would want to go and have a drink in the pub with. And, you know, I, I and I'm aware yes. there was that horrible, oh, nasty yes. rumour about him accidentally locking himself in a toilet and voting against his own uh, policy. But again, that was a rumour that was put about by vicious Marxists. I can honestly say that fingers crossed within the next two to three years, we will find ourselves in a state of grace where, where Michael Gove can possibly become the prime minister. Oh, I hope so. But actually, let's let's talk very quickly about the, the, yeah. the Marxists, because... They are an ever-present threat. Uh, do you see them being a problem in in the future if Keir Starmer sort of carries on? I mean, obviously, Keir Starmer has just tried to build on and continue his predecessor's incredibly left-wing policies. And, and, and if anything, he's taken them further to the left yeah. and further away from reasonable electorate uh, wishes. I, I, I honestly think that that is the case. And it's quite terrifying to imagine 
where we could be. It could we could very much find ourselves being like Poland in the late nineteen eighties. I suspect if Keir Starmer oh, was to goodness. have his way, it would be yeah. it would what we would have is uh, striking going on. Supermarket yeah. shelves would be empty. I believe that you know when it came time for the holidays, the 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 whole of the port of Dover would grind to a halt, and in fact, the whole of the southeast would possibly become a car park. I think under Labour, the, it would be awful. I think you know the the recent heat waves that we've had; they would only get worse under a Marxist Labour Party. At the same time, mm. we'd see skyrocketing food and fuel bills, and I think that is the last thing that any of us want. On top of that, you'd have all the the schools would have got all wokey, so you you'd have disaster in the streets and wokiness yeah. in the sheets oh, i don't oh, i don't oh, think oh, school do you mean sheets of paper i just think you should clarify the, yeah okay yes good. of course, I'm, of course I just, I mean sheets it means of something paper, else martin. online it's sometimes i abbreviate things martin because i don't yeah. have time no, no i waste sorry more time by explaining uh, sorry this sorry uh, please you. do uh, continue I'll, I'll i'll edit this bit out it's it, it's fine sorry to born it's the disrespect as much as anything Anyway, we've got a we've got a big, big decision weighing on on the on the heads of the uh, Conservative <coughs> Party membership. Do you think they're going to get it right? I think we can, if we can trust in anyone, it is the Conservative Party membership to do the correct thing uh, for the country. Well, Siobhan Connery, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you, showing us the future. Now, books you like to read, don't you, Martin? Oh, absolutely, um, Harry Potter. You know what? What's he gonna do? The, the you know the the lightning thief. Oh, what's you know more more exciting? It is it is mainly children's um, fiction. I I I don't uh, often get to buy books for myself, so I just read ones that my children have finished. We had Lawrence Agadu from the Times Literary Supplement come in, and he came in to suggest all the books we should read this summer. So what we all want to know is, what should we be reading? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, E.G. Wordling is a very exciting young author, and she's written a fantastic book called The Bark That Stopped. And it's a crime thriller set in the mm-hmm. world of dogfighting. It's about a um, somebody who's having a, a compunction of, of morality about whether or not they should still be participating in dogfighting when actually they quite like dogs, but they've already built up quite a big dog-fighting uh, conglomerate, um, or dog-glomerate, as, uh, as it's called in the book. You see, it's, it's quite a humorous book as well. Mm. But do they let go of their right. empire? This is the thing that's starting off, because they really actually quite like dogs, and they want to go into setting up a dog-grooming parlour instead. They want to go legit. But just as they're doing this, somebody, who I can't name because it does spoil one of the, um, one of the twists in the book, writes a, a letter of blackmail, forcing... Bruce to go deeper into the dog fighting and to actually start fighting dogs himself. Right. Wow. Yeah, and it tra- it, it takes it's, it go takes place all around Europe. Um, there's lots of train scenes, lots of hiding dogs. Oh, um, uh, lots of travels. I quite quite like that. Sort of like a travel memoir with dogs. Sort of a uh, like a uh, Jack Whitehall uh, travels with my father. <laughs> you know, uh, it, um, it, sort of Bill Bryson. Ooh. Oh, that is um, fun. It does have travel in it. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's so much a, you know, if, if you're a fan of um, Michael Palin's Travels Around the World, this isn't really the book for you. It's oh. much more a crime book than it is a, a travel. So it's not like Michael Palin, but it is just with added uh, canines. 
No, I, I honestly, I, I think if you're looking for a travel memoir, you should probably look at at, at, at a different book. This does, you know, uses travel uh, as a way to get around, but it, it's fiction. That's another thing. It's fiction. It's, um, I mean, they're real places, obviously, like France or Belgium. Like, tra- like travels with my aunt. I mean, I. But with dogs. They are traveling with dogs, but the tra- I really, in a way, I regret mentioning mm-hmm. the travel because it's really not the um the the, the main thing about the novel. The main thing is is the crime. And the uh, the, the uh, Lawrence, is it like Black Beauty, but abroad and with dogs instead of horses? Uh, yeah. Wonderful. Well, that one, I I I wouldn't mind that one. It actually. sounds good. It sounds, sounds really great. fun. I'm going to put that on my Kindle list. And what if Lawrence, if someone's going, I don't know, on holiday somewhere very cold, and it's a cold cold mm. evening, and they're by the fire, and they want a oh. spooky mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm. They want, a, they want a horror. Is there anything Absolutely. you can recommend? Um, house, House, House by, and that's with a question mark at the end, by Susan Prompt is a fantasy, ghostly mm. story about a house which sort of does and doesn't exist. And it takes quite a long time to find out what's the secret of this house. These, um, these three young letting agents are staying in this house for a weekend, but then they seem to be traveling through time. They seem to be traveling through space. Mm. The house... Turns into a kind so of... it's sorry. I'm going to stop you there. So it's written by uh, a woman. So, so a bit Sally Rooney esque and conversation with friends. Well, group of people in a house. I think if you that sort of its yeah, vibe. I think Sally Rooney um, does write about houses, but mm. really she's a much more kind of realist, yes. naturalist, um, romantic and women. Uh, kind of author. And this isn't really looking. Isn't that if you're looking for a, like a you know, a romance, I, I'd look elsewhere. This is a... Um, this is more sort of... A ghost story. It's a it's a sort of fantasy... Go- Lord of the Rings well, type thing. it's not that kind of fantasy, right. I would say. Like, also, mm. like, there's no no sort of orcs in it. There's not that amount of law building. It's set very much in our world, but a world which doesn't seem quite like our... Any wizards? Um, no, there's no wizards. Um, I, one of the characters has a beard. I don't know if that's... The no, beard is described. Oh, well, this right. actually sounds a bit like, oh, um, wow. I don't know if you're familiar with it. The, uh, there's a, um, a TV program that my, my children like to watch. It's called Scooby-Doo. And they're, they're often in the house. And the house oh. itself is beset oh. with some kind of trouble. And uh, and they're, they're trying to get through it. And it, it's recognisable. Uh, but 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 then in the end, it's it's often the, the old man who owns it who's trying to drive up rent. So... So, uh, Lawrence, without spoiling the ending of your book, does it have a sort of Scooby-Doo type reveal? Have we spoiled, we've spoiled no, no, the you, book, you, I no, think, you, haven't you, we, you Martin? Haven't, we've ruined the ending. The it's not really a twist sort of book. No. Um, it ends with more questions than it, it answers. Like Dan Brown. So it's it's kind of like uh, Sally Rooney oh, meets no, Dan I, Brown. I wouldn't actually, quite, I, I don't... Yes. I, yeah, I mean, that's not this book. That, that I wouldn't, I, I, I certainly wouldn't think... Susan Prompt would acknowledge Dan Brown as an influence okay. or Sally Rooney, and I, and I think that's fair enough. Really, that this is a different, different uh, type. It's a different sort of uh, sort of uh, book. Before we go, recommendations for yes, kids books. Um, this is bound to be a huge seller. Um, the Boy Who Was a Bin by David Williams, and it's about a a boy uh, oh. who goes to school, but the twist is that he is he's he's a bin. He um he turns into a bin. Uh, whenever the moon is full and for the surrounding days. And then he, um, it shows, it's sort of a triumph over adversity thing. Um, he starts off being bullied for being a bin and he ends up um, actually able to bully other people because that's the, the 
uh, esteem that he's held in by his. Uh, they oh, they like they I, chant, "Go Bin, go it. Bin boy, I, go I, Bin boy, go Bin boy." It's a fun, it's a fun book, fun book. Obviously, you know, fun for fun for kids. I mean, what a clever man to write all those words for Little Britain, the greatest sketch show we've ever had in this country, and all these mm-hmm. books. How does he do it? How does he do it? Just thinking and writing all the time. I can say, like, I think in the following years, we're going to see a lot of kids uh, going to school on World Book Day with bins on. Oh, and then there'll be other little kids throwing things at their head and throwing them in the bin. And it'll bring back sort of, you know, that kind of sort of banter that I think kids are missing these days, aren't they? Yeah, bullying. I think they call it bullying. But it's, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks for joining us, no, Thank you for having me. The interview this week was with Lisa Francesca Nand of the Big Travel Podcast, and we talked to her about holidays, didn't we, Martin? It was so lovely to have her on the show, someone that uh, probably holidayed more in the last year than I have in my entire life. So that was just, it was like a breath of fresh air, just, just... being able to talk to her. <laughs> yes, well, it's her job, Martin. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Anyway, let's take a listen. Lisa Francesca Nand, thank you for coming on our holiday special to talk about holidays. I love talking about holidays. Holidays are my thing, so, you know... That's what I'm here for. Yes, but do you worry that holidays are quite indulgent and therefore your job is is really sort of encouraging people to be quite lazy, not work? Is that ever something that keeps you up at night, that stops you sleeping? No, not at all. I love encouraging a bit of indulgence. I think life is all about indulgence. And there are many different types of holiday. Not everyone wants to go and lie on a beach and be lazy. But, you know, absolutely nothing wrong with with wanting to go out and uh, and just lie on a beach and be lazy as well. Not everyone has to be climbing Kilimanjaro. No, I mean, the people who climb Kilimanjaro, I mean, they're really sort of making a point, aren't they? And very, very rather boring one they tend to go on about. It, take a photo like I don't care I don't care about Kilimanjaro I, I don't even know if they actually do it I think they just pretend they do it and like photoshop themselves into the background I don't even know if there is a Kilimanjaro I went up Ben I... Nevis once that was that was quite fun but it's I mean it's no Kilimanjaro <laughs> did you did you photoshop yourself in there or did you really go to Ben Nevis well well I I, I you know it was actually quite a um it, it was it was quite a cloudy day when I went up, so we didn't get many good photos. But um, you, you know, I, I I did post a photo that someone else took on a brighter day on my Facebook, but I I don't think that that's cheating. I was still there. So, are you taking any holidays this year? Absolutely, I'm going in a few days. I'm going to Malaga, to Spain, for the whole of August. And do you feel guilty? Um, no, you know, there is something about travelling sort of burning up the planet and it does sort of cross my oh, mind. Oh, well, no, that... but that's not a thing. Don't worry about that. No, I think it's, you're right. It's not real, is it? It's not real. Mm. Uh, so that's probably one thing I feel guilty. But you know what? We all work so hard and, you know, life is hard enough. And I think that absolutely, you know, we deserve a holiday. Well, some of us work hard, don't we? I mean, I think holidays really should apply to people who deserve it. And I'm not sure everyone does. 
I think I think we all deserve it. I firmly believe we should have holidays on the NHS. What they do for mental health levels, for uh, relaxation, for I mean, unless uh, you're going to booze your way through it, which, which let's face it, some of us might do. I absolutely think that that sort of self indulgence is, you know, we've got to allow ourselves a little bit of self indulgence. Otherwise, what what is life about? Is it just about working and paying the bills and that sort of thing. it is for the sort of little people yes I mean I don't know if mental health is really a thing is it I mean producer Martin yes producer Martin hasn't gone on a holiday for a while now have you Martin your 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 mental health's just fine well it's actually uh it's sort of uh, reached a plateau but um that plateau is very much hanging by a string so I mean having not holidayed for several years now it, it um, you, you know, I, I tend to think of sleep as a holiday. Um, sometimes when I'm it- looking out of a window on public transport, uh, that's that's a that's a holiday. Which is actually, you're right, Martin. That is a little holiday. That's a, all the holiday you need. A sandwich. And could I think be a this holiday. is the thing, Lisa. Sometimes you know, talk about indulging yourselves with a holiday. Actually, you can have a perfectly lovely holiday by going on a. What's it called? A bus, going on a, a bus and what? staring out of the window and and sort of getting getting your indulgent kicks that way. Oh yeah, you know, I, I I can relate to that a little bit. I'm a mum of two small kids, and actually, even going to the toilet on my own is a little bit of a holiday yes. sometimes. You know, yes. let alone sitting on a bus looking out the window. So I'm envying you on your on your bus, Martin. Absolutely, <laughs> well, yeah. Martin's very lucky. If, he if really there's is. a spare seat next to me, well, whew, that's a that's a good day. The, the thing is, is you know, Martin can't really take a holiday because when I'm on my holiday, I need someone to take care of my affairs. And and that's what Martin's doing. Lisa, anyway, sorry, I, I'm I keep I keep digressing, but um, it's very interesting. So you're going to Spain, and this is a holiday, or is this work? Because of course, with you, the lines are really quite blurred, aren't they? The lines are absolutely blurred, and I, I do like to live my life like that. And on the one hand, it means that I am sort of working twenty four hours a day. It doesn't really stop in many senses. You know, the phone can ring, and I'm on you know the BBC or on tv or radio or or something like that but also it does mean that I can get a lot of travel out of it and also that I can take my work with me so my work really won't change when I'm in Spain for the month um I'll be carrying on doing what I'm doing now you know doing podcast interviews doing tv and radio slots possibly a bit of writing but also you know I have a really good lifestyle that I I enjoy as well and does that mean you'll you'll also presumably get to take advantage of the, the freebies that I, I presume you get? Well, I'm not going to lie, there are freebies. I used to get right. a lot more freebies. I had this amazingly cushy job for a while where I worked for Sky TV. They used to have Sky Travel at that point. So they had a section on their website whereby for two years or so, I had a confirmed commission for everything I did. So in the travel world, when you see a travel article in the press you and it's reviewing a hotel, usually it means a journalist like myself has been on a press trip, been wined and dined by the hotel, got a great freebie and then come back. That's often how it works. But you need a confirmed commission to that. You can't say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll write something up when I get back. You you have to sort of say, oh, well, I've got this commission for the Times, Telegraph, or indeed the Sky. So for two years, I had this confirmed commission for this really big platform for everything I did. So I got incredible freebies all around the world, you know, Fiji, Australia, the Maldives, Thailand, all over the States, all over Europe. It was amazing, specializing in, in luxury travel. Now I do get a few 
freebies via the Big Travel Podcast because the Big Travel Podcast has built up quite a big following. It's often number one in the travel charts in the UK and it's got listeners in 160 countries around the world. So I'm using that and I do get a few freebies as well. But then, you know what? We deserve them. We work really hard. One, we work really hard. I know it doesn't look like it, but kind of do. I mean, we're not down the mines. But two, it's a really badly paid industry. Journalism is in total at the moment, unless you've got yes, a job on yes, the Yes, very true. Yeah, and so we need the freebies. Yeah, broadcasting. So we need mm. the freebies. And, you know, it's one of the perks of the job. So, yeah, bring them on. So hypothetically, how would I go about getting one of those freebies? If, was I, if I was to say I've been commissioned by Lisa Francesca Nand to, to do a bit for her big travel podcast, would, would that be what I hypothetically... Would, would do it's a tit for tat situation so if you can do something to promote a product then they are more yes. likely to give you a freebie you know they they're not doing it out the kindness of their heart they want you to I'm, I'm happy to, to promote anything it. would you I, yeah no well, that's, yes that's good you're, you're probably yes. well suited for it if you promote anything do it sorry Lisa and, and, Lisa can I just check here are you saying that if we just start promoting for example New Zealand if if we just start saying a lot of positive things about New Zealand, do you think they might they might send us it might send us some free tickets to get to New Zealand because I've always wanted to go there. And it, I think you've got to say New Zealand three times really loudly in the mirror and turn around at the same time, and you'll automatically get a flight. Well, uh, that, it's, it's miraculous. Just excuse no, me for one second. And sorry, Lisa, if hypothetically would would it sort of look more? professional if say um, my my producer let's call him martin was to write for me and say uh, harriet langley swindon is being commissioned to do this thing for new zealand um is that is that more believable do you think um so you want martin to do the work basically and you to get the holiday sorry i was just uh away from my desk for a second there please do continue would you like to go with martin no no definitely not uh, we'll see maybe there could be a spare ticket no he could carry your bags i often do take a, a plus one with me to take pictures and you know, because sometimes you don't want to go on your own. Yes, but I wouldn't take Martin. Oops. No. Now, one thing I always have trouble with is queuing. Now, when I go to the airport, there's so many queues now, especially since, you know, that the, the sort of the, the Europeans are trying to ruin Brexit. So <laughs> how do I how do I st- skip the queue? Because I imagine this is something you don't have a problem with. I think uh, marry a European, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm single, and if there's any Europeans out there who would like to marry me for a passport, I'll be totally up for it. Uh, How do you skip the queues? You don't, sadly, skip the queues. They are a bit of a nightmare. The way I'm skipping the queues is in my mind I'm skipping the queues. I'm reframing it. Because, you know, for the last two years, on and off, we pretty weren't allowed to travel. At one point, it was illegal to travel, illegal to leave the countries. There wasn't any planes we could do it on, and we couldn't go anywhere. And many of us were separated from friends and family across the globe but also places we love as well and adventures and you know we talked about like the mental health connection with with holidays it was really bloody depressing for a lot of us so I am mentally reframing that when I'm at the airport I'm just thinking well at least we can go and you know if you get there early enough and it goes smoothly 95 to 98 percent of flights are going ahead Uh, we have to talk about the negative stuff on the news because it is happening you know there are queues and there are delays and cancellations they are happening but you know the 
vast majority of people are going away and coming back okay. We just don't hear from them because they're just having a great holiday and you know and coming back okay. So that's the way I'm I'm dealing with it. Now a lot of people have been frustrated with all the queues and the queues to Eurostar and oh it's all a mess. But some people have been suggesting you can holiday in the UK. Is is this true? Oh, gosh, I hope not. God forbid. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think in all seriousness, many people have been rediscovering holidaying at home in the UK since the pandemic, particularly. And lots of to me, it's like a really it's almost a middle class activity. I know lots of people that go to like the Norfolk coast and the Suffolk coast and the Lake District and go camping and that sort of thing. It can be incredibly expensive, I find, to holiday in this country. You know what, it's, if I'm honest, it's, it's, it's a very personal preference, but it's not for me. Whenever I go away in this country, at a holiday time, weekends away, amazing. But if like last half term, I went to Liverpool and Chester instead of going to Spain, and I'm sitting yeah. there thinking, this is a great weekend destination. Why the hell did I waste my week's holiday coming here? Lovely place. I want to get out. I yes. want to explore. No. So I'm totally with you on that one. Apparently you can yes, holiday Yes, you don't want to go to the north. No, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. <laughs> Truly upsetting. Very. It was very upsetting. And I love the place. It's just if you've got an opportunity to oh. go to another country and explore it, that's, you know, that's my bag anyway. Lisa, Lisa, I, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I just have a little, uh, a little something, a little game to play with you. Of course, you are our travel expert here. So um, what I've got here is the Battle of the Beaches. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to give you a selection of famous beaches. And uh, what I want you to do is to tell us which would make the best holiday destination. Okay, so here they come. I'm my best. First up. Normandy, France. It's a great. It's a battle. I see what you've done there. It's a uh, an interesting place. Yeah, it's not. It's not so bad. I'll have to compare it to the others, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, I should probably just give you a bit more information. This is Normandy, France, on the sixth of June, nineteen forty-four. <laughs> so, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, battle being an appropriate. It's a appropriate busy day. Words. It's a busy yeah, day on it's the a beach. Busy day. Yeah. It is a busy day on the beach. Not much sunbathing going on. I, uh, I I wouldn't imagine if it was, it was the best place to be. Okay, no. fair enough. N- uh, next up, we've got uh, Maya Bay in Kofifi, Thailand. That is the fictional beach from Alex Garland's The Beach. I love that book and I love the film and I love the uh, beach that it was based on. Yeah. Um, Kopp, it is. Oh, Kopp, right, fantastic. Kopp, yes. Um, you're going to. Are you going to say it's uh, Boxing Day? <laughs> Where are we going to be? Yeah, there, there's there's, some, there's yeah. terrible things happening there. Yes. Yeah. Do you know the funny thing about that beach was I was actually on that beach the year before to the day of the tsunami. So I was on. I think the tsunami was Boxing Day 2005, and I wasn't. I was on it on 2004 on Boxing Day on that very same beach. Good lord. In Kopp, yeah. But a beautiful beach. A beautiful beach. Okay, it's ranking higher than Normandy so far. Like stunning. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, I don't actually know exactly where this is. It's a secret beach. I can tell you it's in the Dominican Republic um, and it's featured in M. Night Shyamalan's uh, horror, Old. Doesn't sound good. I mean, it's quite horrifying getting old anyway. Yes, you you sort of Uh, go through a cave and then you come back very old. Oh, right. It sounds like some holidays I might have been on. You know, that's like a, that's like a week in Ibiza, isn't it? Very yeah. relatable. <laughs> None of these beaches sound great, Martin. Which one are you going to pick, though? I think we've got a winner so far. Is it Thailand? I think I'd, I think I'd go for KPP Thailand. Thanks for playing. 
Thank you, it's fun. Well, Lisa, thank you very much for playing that ridiculous, stupid game. Mm. And thank you very much for coming on the show. And uh, I, I, I don't think you gave any useful tips, really, on... <laughs> on anything on how to skip the cues but you know it was it was nice having you here and I hope you have a lovely time in Spain oh thank you so much it was lovely to be here I'm sorry about the non-useful tips I'll uh yes I think that's kind of what I do anyway I just talk and don't really come up with anything useful but, yes you know, no nice I will I, if you could let me know if there's a sort of I don't know someone I can complain to I mean actually I'd, I'd like to know about complaining about holidays as well but yeah. anyway I'll uh, yeah we'll, we'll talk we'll talk That's it for this week. Uh, Martin, the subscriptions, please. Yes, absolutely. Uh, hit uh, subscribe, if you don't mind, and give us five stars. That's yeah. always appreciated. You could even write a nice little message. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Bethany Black, John Luke Roberts, Ed Morris, and special guest, Lisa Francesca Nand. See you next week. 